You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Ed starts off, got my War Report swag this week. From 40 views, 10 comments, to now is crazy. Go back and watch that 2019 content, guys. Ooh, you know, no, I, don't. I, I don't, yeah, but don't. Don't cringe. <laughs> Tempted to cringe if you watch the world. <laughs> Yikes, man. Loose neck t shirt on with the Taco B shirt at the top. Uh, no. Like, man, what are we talking about? Don't do it. Don't, I don't, don't look. I'm holding, holding my phone up like this. Min Music says, How is Nick Brahms? It, it seems like from. It wasn't like a secret from being at practice that Nick Brahms wasn't practicing because when you looked at the, the personnel on the field, he wasn't out on the field. He was there um, on the sidelines and at the presser. Coach Harson said he's got some decisions to make about his future. Um, the best I could gather from that is that maybe he's gotten a diagnosis that makes it possible for him to play late. Uh, and he's waiting for additional information on how bad or how extensive the injury is, if playing would make it worse, or if he wants to just say, hey, I'm hanging it up and go fly some planes. Um, but I don't think they have a, a definitive answer, and I think they're proceeding as if Nick Brahms will not be available to play. That's what I think is happening right now in practices. Yeah, heard some stuff. Definitely don't want to confirm or not confirm publicly, but it sounds like, you know, again, there's some decisions to be made there, certainly. So we'll see how it pans out. Uh, he was in my top five of offensive players. I was looking for him to have a real big season, so uh, hopefully things work out for him the way that, that they should. Zach says, Tank supposedly got a collarbone injury. I've heard that from a couple of places. Whether it's true or not, I'm not sure. Now, Keesaw spoke with media, I believe it was Friday night, mm-hmm. and he basically said that, and he, he was really quick to to get ahead of speculation saying, it, you know, they held Tank out. It wasn't that he was injured or anything. He spoke about that. But again, this yeah. coaching staff typically tends to stay away from mentioning players who are actually really injured. That's that's a pattern that I've noticed. So right. for Kesaw to speak on it makes me wonder if it's really serious or not. But to Mike, to what Mike said about Nick Brahms, I, don't, I mean, can we? Conf- I don't know if we can confirm or deny, but we have heard reports about that. Yeah, and from what I can tell you, I don't think that they would come out and say uh, it's not an injury if it was an injury because then you look stupid for, oh, Tank's got to set up the first four games. Well, you said it wasn't an injury. So if it was actually an injury or at least one that was serious enough, I I don't know why he would be practicing yesterday, which he was. Um, He was out there taking reps. Like, that was the first thing. I was like, I heard that. What? Man, there's Tank right there. All right, everybody, take off your, your pads. It's time for conditioning. And he's lifting up both arms to take his pads off. I have had a shoulder. I had a torn labrum. Lifting up your arms, if you've got anything around the neck and shoulder area hurt, is not something you want to do. So I don't think Tank's injured because I unless, don't think. Unless he had those shoulder pads on from the last time he got injured. And, I mean, how did he get them <laughs> slept on to begin him. with? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 it sounds like something maybe happened during one of these open practices or something. And 
something got what, out. What happened like, is yeah. Tank got hit. Everybody was like, oh, no. Hey, we going to just chill on Tank for a minute. Right. It's like, look, look man. Look. Mm-hmm. You can't hit tank that hard, man. Calm down, bro. You, you know how during, like, you know how there, we, you and I talked about this. You know how, like, during basketball games, sometimes a guy will go down and we all, you have that collective moment where we're like, ah, crap, I hope that's not an ACL. And right. he limps off the floor looking like he's not coming back. And then mm-hmm. 15 minutes later, he's running back like nothing happened. Yeah, I think yeah, it might have been one. one guards last year. Yeah, 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 that yeah right. happened. No. Yeah, oh, you like, know, that that happened. So that happened in Israel with um which with KD, with yeah, KD. Like, yeah. I'd be out terrified, right? I think maybe it was one of those moments. Yeah, it's like it looked worse than what it was. was they checked yeah. him out and they was like, "Okay, you're not hurt for real, but go sit down." Yeah, maybe this he is was, just practice, bro. You could. he was holding something like a knee or shoulder or something. Right. People were like, "That's his collarbone," ah, right? Yeah. But ended up being nothing. Like I, I think yeah. maybe that's probably what happened there. But yeah. but he was out there, so it's good to see him out there. Treat your boys. Chill Boys Underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys Underwear will help you keep the boys close, uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys Underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. Austin Holland says, do you think the quote-unquote packages we see with Ashford will be in higher percentage situations closer to the goal line or more in the field, giving him an opportunity to move the offense? Good question. What do you guys think about that? I think it's a down and distance type of thing, probably. Um, You know, they have certain plays that they'll probably have ready for particular scenarios. I don't know if it's going to just be like a red zone thing. It's maybe like a, like I said, maybe it's a third and short, maybe even a second and short, right? Like they don't want to make it a, you have to make it on this play or nothing type of situation. Um, And I think it's going to be dependent upon um, who we're playing that week too. Like, does it, is is this a good change of pace for this particular thing? They're going to throw some stuff out there um, in that Penn State game. If if Robbie's not starting by then, they're going to throw some stuff out there in that Penn State game just to give other teams something to look at and be like, oh, crap, we got to yeah. prepare. Yeah, I think. I don't think we I, see it a lot in the first two games is my point. I think we see Robbie Asher just come in and play quarterback. Correct. And then yeah. The situational stuff starts popping up at Penn State if TJ is the starter. Yeah, you're not doing packages against Mercer and San Jose State because you're I still, certainly hope not. Yeah, you're evaluating your QB one for hopefully what is only a half of football, and then you're getting your backup at least a quarter and a half of real playing time. Now, I'm not one of these people that if it's fifty to zero, that the backup has to go out there and hand the ball off. 15 times until the end right. of the game. Right. I don't want right. those guys. Screw that. Listen, it's football. To take this weapon, right, uh, and give these guys who get in second a chance to play real offense yeah. right. and live game scenarios against real com- against the ones of the other team. Right. I think it's valuable uh, experience. So what I'm expecting is um, I have said – if we do run packages for Robbie, to me, it makes the most sense, uh, similar to what Ike is saying in terms of down and distance, but also situationally in the red zone where uh, the field shrinks inside the 20. So everybody mm-hmm. understands you get easier to, to defend inside the 20 because you have that goal line, the back end of the end zone, 
as another defender back there. Like everything shrinks and it gets harder to punch the ball in. I mean, our offenses have been historically bad in the red zone over the last few years. Uh, So improving that will be about having a quarterback that, again, makes you play 11 on 11. If you're going to put Robbie Ashford one-on-one with anybody on the other team, I'm taking Robbie every time. So having a running quarterback makes people play you honest in a lot of ways. And if you blitz um, and he is aware enough, he's going to throw a touchdown. If you don't blitz, uh, he's going to beat a man and get yardage. So I I expect to see that for Robbie Ashford, regardless of how this pans out. Ed Darby says, Ike, how important is it for the OC and the guys in the booth to help the QB during games? It seemed last year teams were giving us the flat all game, but we never took advantage. The offensive coordinator is important or we wouldn't have fired him. Right. Right. Like, so, I mean, let's, let's be <laughs> so clear. important. We got rid of him. It's like, right. listen, man, <laughs> it's important. You, how you call a game matters. Right. And yeah. this was the, the contention during the vast majority of the Malzahn era was the, 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 the stranglehold on who was calling the plays. It's not just about having great plays designed in your playbook and available to you. It's about knowing when to call those plays and who needs to be in the game to execute those plays as far as if it's a fade route versus Penn State, do we have a guy who's good at catching that route? If you're going to call that and that's where you're going to go with the ball, who's the receiver that's supposed to be in that scenario right there that we're going to be throwing that to? Or is that even our best play to call in that situation? Right. You know, if we're going to go forward in our own territory on fourth down versus South Carolina, are we throwing a jump ball to a tight end or to uh, to D Rob? Mm. The answer to that question should be no. Right. Right. But do, do we do it in the bowl game versus Houston? Are we running speed sweeps with Shanker in situations that don't make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. Are we deciding in the South Carolina game? when we are absolutely bludgeoning South Carolina on the run with the run game to not hand the ball to Tank or Jarquez Hunter after about, with seven minutes left in the game, we just decide we're going to abandon the run completely for the remainder of the game and end up losing on a shank punt, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, little stuff like that absolutely matters, right? Mm -hmm. And how you decide you're going to call a game as the offensive coordinator is a big deal. And understanding how people are playing you in coverage and saying, okay, well, let me design something or let me call plays that fit the scenarios of how this defense is playing. Yeah. Got to take advantage of it. If you're not calling those plays, somebody on the field, your quarterback needs to know, hey, man, I know they call blah, 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 but we're going to audible to this real quick and just be in trouble for it. Hey, coach, I didn't like that look and trust the quarterback to call something different. Yeah, to just real quick, everything I said, Exactly. Um, I'm more worried about this than I'm, I am about players, actually. I'm more, more worried about play calling and scheming than I am about the players executing. Um, because I yeah. think this is going to be uh, probably, you know, you can have superior athletes and get out schemed. Um, or if you don't have superior athletes, we're going to have to depend on our coaches to out scheme, scheme guys open, scheme receivers open, give your quarterback uh, throws that, you know, um, Help him with the game some with the with a play call. Make a good play call up to help him through the cerebral part of it. And it's gonna be really important. So yeah, this concerns me more, I think, than who's playing quarterback, honestly. Yeah. Ike, you you made mention of that tight end sweep. I went back and watched some 2020 Boise 
games where Keysaw was coordinator, and that is that is that was a part of their offense. Again, so, I don't have a problem with the play call. I have a problem with the scenario and when they, the, they call it, who they called it for, the place in which they called it. All none of those things made sense to me. If I, anyway, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court, and now more than ever in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Corey Weber woke up and chose violence today. Who was better, Tyler Queen or Zeke Pike? Come on, man. Don't, Tyler don't, Pike. Don't do that, man. <laughs> these these memories of these classes, <laughs> guys who never contributed, just such a such a waste. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Those are two very forgettable names. What did, didn't Zeke Pike get like a public intox or something? Like, yes. yeah, like he got he here got and kicked he got off in the trouble team, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. Oh my yeah. goodness. Thanks, Gus. <laughs> Isaac Cooper asked, y'all think it's kind of crazy Calzada has dropped to third string? I mean... I think there's a reason. There's a yeah, reason. I, mean, so, I, I mean, there's a reason. Didn't, I didn't I, see I, it happening. No, I, I definitely... If you ask me who I thought would be the second string quarterback, I probably would not have named Zach Calzada. Right. Um, but I think... Listen, man, this stuff just has to play out the way that it's going to... Um, and we've, I think we've got enough talent in this QB room to be able to do well. And I, there's a lot of people who are saying that whoever wasn't going to be named the starter between TJ and Zach would transfer. Um, I don't know that that's going to be a, a reality either. So we'll see. Uh, I'm being told that um, our team is out on a hike with the coach right now. They are hiking. Um a confidential to- source told me that while in the woods on this hike, they're going to decide who st- QB one is. <laughs> so uh, I'm imagining He's playing, y'all. <laughs> a rain dance and a bonfire and some sticks. Zach asks, "You think Holden gets some snaps in the far- in our first two games?" Hell no. Mm-hmm. I think it makes the most sense for the thing that Robbie lacks that TJ has is command and familiarity i think it makes the most sense for him to get like whole drives in the first two games because that's what he needs he needs practice getting getting plays in helping people getting getting lined up and against real competition granted it's mercer these aren't all world players but they're still trying to stop you their bodies who you haven't seen so listen they're gonna try to stop you they're gonna present some situations where you have to make accurate throws where the first thing's covered because they line, they're lined up to stop it, and you have to make an audible to get into a better position. Those are some great points of improvement for Robbie. Great points of practice. That's stuff that he really probably won't get if TJ is getting first-team reps right. in practice. So, yeah. look, but, that's that's a great chance for that. But yeah, if, he's, if he's QB2, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. But whoever's QB2 needs to get as many reps as possible. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's uh, you know, I, I look at it, it's not like NCAA where no matter when you play this guy, he's going to do what he does, right? Right. It's, right. it's not like that. Like, he has to get the, yeah, and remember, Rob, this will be Robbie's first time playing in a college game. He needs these reps. It's not like he's a known entity who came from somewhere else. But even in that, 
He has to be get acclimated to playing with the other 10 guys. Those other 10 guys have to get acclimated to playing with him. Uh, Mike G, you talked with King Dunlap, and he talks about how it is to block for an athletic QB versus a QB who stays in the pocket. Like, those guys have to get some synergy with each other, yeah. and so yeah. those reps are necessary. Yeah, he said Vic was great, but you never knew where the hell he was going to be. Right. So so guys are getting holding calls, and it was like, hey, Mike, can you stay in the damn pocket for a second? <laughs> so we can block for you. I mean, it, it does get hard to block for a guy who runs all over the place and you don't know which direction he's going. So um, if he runs away from people, he better all the way run away from from because I can only do so much after you turn around and the guy gets in front of me. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's 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 there's only so much you could do. But um, yeah, the, yeah, I don't see this scenario where Holden gets snaps and we save Robbie. I don't think you can do that. Yeah. yeah. Steve Bradley says, do you think Harson will redshirt Garner? More yeah. than likely. Yeah, he's really More sure. than likely. If I mean, so, we heard the comments. That I think everybody's going by what Harson said in, in after the, the practice yesterday, which he gave that statement just offhand as a kind of way to say, listen, we everybody's working and getting better, and we acknowledge that. That's really what was the tone of his statement was. He was like, just for an example, Holden Garner's out there spinning it better than everybody. I told, I was at practice, and I was messaging these guys like, well, I, I thought it was the wrong person, but it was number 12. I didn't realize until later that was Gary. And I was like, he's throwing better than somebody else who's who's up for the job. And then later, I was like, oh, that was that was Gary. And he was throwing better. He was hitting those mid, those short and mid passes so accurately. But I think Harson realizes, like, this is it. This is the improvement we need to see over fall camp. Not because you're about to get the, the name the starter because you improved, but this is the progression we expect to see from guys in camp. They're starting to get it. They see what we're doing, what the guys in front of them are able to do. They see what the bar is for them to hit. And he's like, okay, I, I get the picture now. And he's coming on. That doesn't mean he, he is prepared to start. And I don't think he'll get a chance to start because if anybody gets out on that field, it better be the guy who we want to be behind the starter and maybe even the guy who will have to be the backup if, if one of those guys goes down. Like, it's still going to be TJ, Robbie, Calzada, no matter what that order is. I don't think Garner gets in those games in any game this season, but it's it's at least good to see that it's it, the light's starting to come on for him too. Yeah, yeah, and it's good that you can actually redshirt a guy because and you get have three guys. Right, yeah. you have yeah. three guys that you don't have to rely on this kid. That's the. Right. This is what I wanted that. to say earlier about the question in regards to QB development and how long you you need to develop a quarterback. Right, like it's not a number of games necessarily. There's a lot of scenarios that play into that. Um, so I think th the question that they were hinting at or trying to get more closely to is not necessarily how long do you take to develop a QB, is how much leash is that QB going to have once they get into the game? Right. Right. This, uh, and, and I, I, you know, Mike's pointed this out. We've pointed this out multiple times. This is really the first full offseason that TJ Finley has had to get a chance to actually develop as a college quarterback. Um, so his leash is probably going to be super short. But, what I like about what we're having right now with Holden Gariner is that his expectation isn't come in and play immediately. It's right. come in and develop as a quarterback and then next year compete for a job. I think he's going to be, if he doesn't get frustrated with who decides to come back and, and where he might land in the depth chart, um, he's going to be competing for QB one snaps next off season. Because right. I think he's his. I think he has enough arm talent to challenge anybody for that. 
And if he's gotten the mental part of that game down from the development of learning the playbook and we've got continuity at play caller XYZ, he's competing for QB1 snaps next year. Right. And worst case scenario is the guy who's currently in front of him improves so much that even though he's improved a ton, he can't beat that guy out. And in his third year, which will really be only his second year in terms of on-field eligibility, Mm -hmm. if he takes a red shirt this year, he comes in a super polished, ready-to-go player. Right. A la Mac Jones. Which is what Bama has been doing for years. Come on, man. This is the way to do it. I like this better because I won't be sad if we don't see Holden Gardner next year either because, again, the other guys are playing well and we just have an heir apparent. That is a foregone conclusion. Like he's playing so, like it's so, he's so polished that you know other guys are like, I'm going to come in, I'm going to get in line behind holding. And right? now you got a pipeline, and look you got what a pipeline. that does for recruiting. Mm-hmm. And look at yeah. what, like now I can go there and develop. And the idea is these guys are getting to the league because they're actually bought in and and acting like professionals. Yeah, right. Yeah, because it's not like basketball where you can go straight to the league after one stellar season. Like you come in and you're a stellar freshman, you still got to go play two more years. Years, correct. Right? But right. if you come in as a polished red shirt sophomore and you have an amazing season, NFL, you go. see you yeah, later. Right? Yeah, right. it would mm-hmm. be amazing. I just you know in terms of recruiting as well too, start putting these quarterbacks in the league. And watch recruiting get much, much easier for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to recruit against the coaches, put guys in the league at a high level. Right. right. Really hard. So I, I'm I'm excited. Like, God, man, TJ, let's say TJ balls out this year. Robbie takes over next year. Holden comes in the year after that. And then this kid, um, awesome. uh, Pose, awesome. right, uh, comes in. That's how you say that, it. Do you yes, say that? That's how you say it. It's not posse. It's but where you heard that po- from? Posse. Posse. Where you yes. heard that from? I, the internet. <laughs> how you hear it? On- <laughs> <laughs> People corrected us the last time. It's it's posse, right? So like they probably didn't know either. I feel like you're pranking us right now. All right. <laughs> so uh, listen, just say posse, and let's I don't right. want to say that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the uh, doesn't that make you really not want to say it? Just say it. <laughs> say it. Uh, so this Adrian kid comes in and he does a really good job too. And it's just, man, I'm telling you, I just think it, competition is just not a bad thing. And then the other guys that you bring in, you're also developing him. So if you have one of these guys that just doesn't pan out for whatever reason, injury just doesn't get it, misevaluation, you've got multiple guys in the hopper that can get the job done. This is what's probably the most disappointing part of reading fan comments right now about our QB race is is that everybody's of the assumption it's this guy or nothing. Right. No matter what camp you're in, is Zach Calzado or we're screwed? Is Robbie Ashford or we're screwed? Right? If TJ Finley gets it right, you know, then we're screwed. Like, come on, man. Dude, we can, we can have... It's possible we can have more than one guy that's improved this offseason. 